Hey, this is Craig Dills from Media. This is DJ Kaya. This is Elliot D'Souza. Hey, this is Jason D'Souza from Aldona. Hey, this is Nash Lobo from Aldona. This is Pascal D'Souza from Calgary. Hey, this is Roland Almeida. Hey, this is Roland Nasparenas. Hey, guys, this is Ron Montero from Lothalin. Hi, this is Roy Fernandez from Donna Paula. This is Ryan D'Souza from Cola. Hey, this is Steffi DeCruz. Hey, this is Tony Nazareth, and you are listening to... And you're listening to... And you're listening to the GSL. The GSL. GSL. GSL Podcast. And you're listening to the GSL Podcast. That's right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the GSL podcast. My name is Wendell. Uh, before we get into all the match recaps and Keegan uh, in the studio, just wanted to let you guys know that, yes, this is the second last episode of the GSL podcast. Um, next week will be our final episode uh, of the season and of the you know entire show. It's been three great years. We're going to go into a full kind of recap uh, next week and uh, give some maybe uh, some podcast awards out and some shout outs but uh, this is your last opportunity to make your voice heard on the show and give any feedback you want you can email the gsl podcast at gmail.com and uh, if you want we can read out your shout out in the final episode the series finale uh, so just wanted to let all of you know that uh, right now let's jump right into the match recaps with keegan <laughs> Welcome back into the studio, Keegan Moraes. Keegan, how's it going? It's going good, Wendell. How are you? Not too bad. Um, you know, Keegan, I had a dream when we... Uh, this is the final season of the GSL podcast. Only two episodes left uh, this episode and, and after the finals or recap. And I, ha- I had this dream that, you know, you join as a co-host. We both have up and down seasons, mostly up for you, mostly down for me and somehow we'd meet like fate would just have it that we'd meet in the finals and it would be amazing and we'd be in the finals for the first time in 11 years you guys would be looking to defend your title you guys would be massive favorites we would upset you guys win our first title in our history right off into the sunset the podcast ends on a high and everyone is just happy with this underdog story and wouldn't you know it i mean spoiler alert but uh, neither of our teams have made it to the finals. How are you feeling right now? Uh, you know, not as good as if we would have made the finals, obviously. But, I mean, we still had a good season, a lot of positives for us to take away, uh, and some stuff for us to work on for next year. Yeah, definitely definitely some positives uh, to take away from your, your great season. Even from our team, uh, it's kind of a, a mixed bag. Unfortunately, this year we had the most injuries we've had in recent times and also the lowest level of commitment we've had. So definitely reared its ugly head in the playoffs and at the end of our season and something we have to deal with. And really, we're at a crossroads. We really need to identify our problems and kind of fix them now and make sure that uh, going forward, we return to our previously strong performances and kind of bounce back. But without speaking more about that, let's jump right into the games. We'll start off with the quarterfinals. Uh, We know heading into the quarterfinals, usually... The top-seeded teams win. It's usually pretty routine games as well. And in recent times, we haven't had too many uh, exciting or or really close games to talk about. But luckily, the quarterfinals did serve up some very good games. We'll start off with one of the, unfortunately, less exciting games, Margao Simba versus Donna Paula. Um, this was the only game at 12.15. And uh, having finished our game and watching the beginning of this game, within, I kid you not, Keegan, five minutes, the score was 3 nothing for Margao. 
Um, so any hopes Donna Paula had of creating the biggest upset of all time were pretty much gone. The final score was remarkably only four to nothing. So Donna Paula must have tightened up their defense after that, which is good to see, and kept it at least a respectable score. Uh, goal scores were Dwayne Lobo Perez with one goal, Bradley Pereira with two goals, and Brendan Gomes with another goal. So four to nothing for Margau. In my opinion, a routine win. Um, the fact that they were able to kill the game within five minutes also kind of neutralized any chance of a Cinderella story. And uh, not much more um, from my aspect to talk about this. From your point of view, Keegan, when when a team jumps out to such a fast lead like that, do you think it's just natural like it would have happened anyways? Or do you think it's one team starting on more of a, an aggressive foot? Or how does that happen sometimes when some teams just blow out the other team within five or ten minutes? Yeah, I mean, like, it's, uh, it's it's difficult for a young club like Donna Paula. You know, Marga's got a lot of experienced players and a lot of talent. So when they go up 3 nothing inside the first five minutes, it, it automatically becomes mission impossible for a, for a young team like Donna Paula that's, you know, not had any any comebacks in their past that they can draw on from experience. Or even players with, you know, who've been in playoff games and know how to manage those games. So it does become extremely difficult for a young team. Exactly. And for Donna Paula, you know, this ends their season. Unfortunately, another season without a win. They did get some draws, uh, put some points on the board. But overall, another disappointing season for them. If you were speaking to them, their their leadership and their team, what kind of message would you have for them? What improvements do you think they should really focus on making? And where can they go from here, in your opinion? Yeah, I think they started off the season really well. The first couple of games, I think through the first five games, they'd only conceded about 11, 12 goals. So I think maybe defensively, I don't know if they changed their philosophy or they changed their lineup. They were holding teams to a lot fewer goals and they were in games longer. Like the final result was, you know, 2-1, 3-1. But later on, they just started getting blown out, like 5, 6, 7. Uh, and, you know, like that becomes really demoralizing for a team. And it's hard to, you know, have players come back week in and week out when you're just getting blown out like that. So just show up their defense is, is kind of what I'd have them focus on. Yeah, I agree. I remember at the beginning of the season, we were remarking on how impressed we were. They really seemed to have making some strides, and they were playing games. Even if they were losing, they were much, much more competitive. I remember uh, when we played them for the first time, we barely won one nothing. Like we, It was a fluke uh, penalty that we got. Uh, I mean, the penalty was deserved, but it was a fluke win that we got um, to beat them one nothing. And, and they knew that we were lucky to win. We knew that we were lucky to win. Um, so it was kind of a wake-up call to us that they were playing much more competitively. But I agree, as the season dragged out, especially after they played Margo back-to-back, it seemed like the results were just kind of stacking up against them and, and a massive amount of goals were scored against them in the second half of the season. So definitely something to work on going forward. If they're going to try and stay competitive in this, these games, they really need to prevent goals from happening against them because as soon as they start getting scored on, I think they drop their heads, they get demoralized, and, and the effort level drops a little bit. So hopefully uh, they'll come back stronger next year, another year of uh, experience under their belt. And uh, we look forward to seeing them next year. Let's move on um, to another quarterfinal game, Aguada versus Colva. Um, this was the game that, you know, as a neutral, as an outside observer, I was actually the most interested to see and the most excited for. Uh, it's a number four versus number five matchup, which is usually the best one of the quarterfinals. And I really thought, you know, which Aguada is going to show up? It's going to be playoff Aguada or inconsistent Aguada. Um, which Colva is going to show up? Is it going to be the Colva that beat us on that Friday night and really showed what they were made of? A, a beautiful combination of veteran leadership and young talent. Or is it going to be the Colva that we've seen all season, which kind of like doesn't rise to the occasion, um, disappoints against the big teams? 
And unfortunately, this wasn't a close match at all. And then it was pretty much a blowout by Aguada. Four to one. They were the victors with goals. Uh, Steven Fernandez with two. Andrew Fernandez with one. And Ian Fernandez with one. Uh, goal scorer for Colva was Jeremy Pinto with one. So definitely a positive result for Aguada. I remember asking them, um, you know, what was the score in your game? And they kind of just said, oh, yeah, we won four, four or five, one. Like, it wasn't even a big deal to them. They just shrugged it off because to them it was just a routine win. They didn't feel challenged at all. So, Keegan, from your point of view, were you surprised that it was such a comfortable win for Aguada in the quarterfinals? Or uh, do you think Colva just is inconsistent and couldn't step up to this big occasion? Yeah, if I didn't see part of the game, I would be surprised with the result. But, you know, watching part of the game, Colva, they were missing a lot of the uh, key midfielders. Uh, and they were missing a bunch of players. So they weren't able to, you know, have the passing game or control like they normally do. And they kept it close for like the first 20 minutes or so, but similar to the Margot game, like five minutes after that, they were up like 3 nothing, and, and the game was pretty much put to bed by then. And they didn't really have the players to come back from that. Yeah, so unfortunate for them if they didn't have their full roster. Um, I really thought I really thought Colva might uh, pull something out of the Hans game and at least have like a really close game. Uh, I found that in previous playoff uh, situations, they've had opportunities to rise up and really pull off an upset really make a name for themselves. I think two years ago comes to mind when they played a Guada in the quarterfinals. I believe it was two years ago. And they really, really should have won that game. They had all their roster. Aguada was missing like everyone on their team. They were so shorthanded. Um, and somehow they they lost. I believe it was one nothing for Aguada. And that was the moment I was like, man, if you're not going to win this game against a depleted Aguada two years ago, you really need to make up for it this year. And unfortunately, they weren't able to do that. Uh, my advice for Colva going forward for next year is I still think they have a great roster. They still have that good talent uh, in their youth system as well as veteran leadership to guide them. The issue they're having is their window for you know making a statement is closing pretty fast because that veteran leadership is not going to be around forever. And this young talent hasn't shown the ability to rise up and lead the team from within. So my advice would be they need to kind of refocus, really come up strong next season and try and make next season a really really positive one for them how about you Keegan what, what do you think about their season yeah I think just consistency in terms of getting everyone out to the games I think that they just have their uh, full roster there for like 80% of the games we'll see a different Colva than we than we saw this year you know finishing in fifth place like if they have all their players they, they'll shrink together some better results yeah, definitely something they'll work on in the off season, coming strong into next season as well and finally, the last quarterfinal game of the game uh, of the day, we had number three Aldana versus number six Bugmalo. Um, this was a game that we came into, as I said last uh, before the podcast, cautiously optimistic is the best way to describe it because I knew we were the better team. I knew that uh, we went in as favorites, but at the same time, you can never take the, anything in the playoffs for granted. And Bugmalo is a very organized team. Uh, that being said, we you know we started the game with uh, no subs Bogmalo had their full team so about uh, five or six subs but to be honest I still didn't feel as threatened they had their main uh, main men in the midfield there uh, Elton and Cameron pretty much trying to run the show but the thing I find about Bogmalo is that if you kind of neutralize those players and take them out of the game they really don't have anyone else that's going to step up creatively uh, they don't have anyone that's going to step up kind of as a goal threat and that was kind of our game plan, was neutralize their midfield and just uh, take advantage of their lack of surrounding talent. Um, but I must say, Bogmalo came out quite organized. You could tell that they had a game plan as well. Um, they were playing 5D at the back, which I found interesting. I haven't seen that uh, used very often in the GSL, but they were playing 5 at the back, 
and trying to center around Elton and Cam, who were using each other well. Um, zero zero at halftime. Uh, it was like a thirty degree hot uh, hot day. We were kind of starting to get tired, but still in it. Then about I'd say the fiftieth or sixtieth minute, uh, there was kind of a, a cross in the box from Sherwin, it deflected off a ton of people, and then uh, managed to hit it off myself. Kind of looped over Mickey in like slow motion and went in the bottom right corner, and uh, we went up one nothing. So I was happy to score. But it was kind of a fluke goal. Bogmalo knew it. We knew it. Um, but a goal is a goal. We were up one nothing. And at that point, I was thinking, okay, we're under man. We just need to stay focused and kind of ride this one nothing victory. Uh, but unfortunately, in uh, the 80th minute, we had a, a defensive error that led to a breakaway for Wilbur De Cruz, who, to his credit, I mean, he was handed a gift of a goal, but he did take his chance. He buried it in the bottom left. A nice striker's finish from Wilbur um, to tie up the game 1-1 and send us to overtime. So at this point, uh, we had played the entire second half actually with only 10 men because one of our players had to leave. So we were down a man, uh, and we really just thought, play for penalties. There's 20 minutes left in this overtime. We're down a man. We're all exhausted. Play for penalties. And I really thought Bogmalo, considering you know they were underdogs and they didn't have the same talent level, in my opinion, I really thought that they would be okay playing for penalties as well because it's kind of a lottery. But I have to give them credit for one thing. I noticed that in the overtime, they were going for it. They were not settling for a tie. They really wanted to get a goal, get a victory, finish it in uh, overtime while they had the advantage. So I definitely give them credit for that. And literally with 30 seconds left in the game, another missed clearance by our defender, and it led to Cameron Medwin getting the ball in the six-yard box. A nice finish from him, past the goal in the bottom right corner. Mala was going nuts. Their fans were going nuts. It was literally like a buzzer beater goal because the referee uh, said there was only 30 seconds left and he blew the whistle afterwards. And Bugmalo with the huge upset. That's right. Sound the upset alarm. Because Bugmalo comes away with a big upset. 2-1 to one overall. Done the number 6 seed beating the number 3rd seed to go to the semifinals. Um, you know, stun, stun looks on our faces and our fans were really disappointed. But at the same time, our coach told us, uh, you guys, you know, you were 10 men for, for over half the game and overtime. We fought our best and it just led to two mental errors because of heat and exhaustion that cost us this game. Um, I'm not sure, Keegan, what you think about this result. I'm sure you were just as surprised to see it uh, yourself. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. It's definitely, you know, one of the biggest upsets we've seen because I don't think we've had an upset like this in the last three or four years. Uh, it's a great result for them. It's unfortunate that it came down to, you know, two errors on your part, but uh, you still have to convert chances. Like you said, it's good on Wilbur and, and Cam to finish off those chances when they came up. Yeah, exactly. Very impressive. They were really happy. Um, at the same time, I could tell Margo was probably licking their chops because for them, um, they definitely wanted to play uh, Bugmalo over us in the semis. I mean, I don't blame them. Um, and for for them, they were kind of playing right after us. So you could tell they could feel like if they if they won this quarterfinal, and then this could be the year that Margo go, could go back to the finals. So let's jump right into it. Let's fast forward a week. We get to the semifinals and Margot versus Bugmalo. So going in once again, this is a game in my mind, a lot of people's mind, no-brainer. Margo's going to take care of business. Probably it's not going to be a very close game. Uh, Bugmala was also missing Elton. 
which is their star player. So they set up very defensively. Um, their their goal was to try and you know be rock solid at the back and lead on the counterattack. And this was actually pretty successful for a, for a long period of time. However, in the end, Margot did manage to get the breakaway with uh, Gavin DeMello stepping up. You know, in these big games, you need your big leaders to step up. And Gavin uh, got the box in the 18-yard uh, area and buried it in the bottom left corner past Mickey's to give Margot the win and the lead uh, 1-0. And that ended up being the final score. So a much closer game than I thought it would be, I must say. Uh, very surprised that it was only 1-0 for Margot. But I think deserved winners in the end. And I think as far as the finals go... Uh, it's it's much more entertaining for Marga. What about you? Yeah, we were a little surprised with the score when we got there, you know, warming up for our game too. But similar to what Bugmala did against you guys, they really sat back, you know, five defenders and then probably like another three uh, midfielders in front of that. So pretty much the whole game was played in the Bugmala half. But they defended really well until uh, maybe, you know, with like 20 minutes to go, Dwayne was able to send Gavin through on goal, and, and, he, and he finished it nicely to give them a deserved lead. Yeah, so uh, credit goes to uh, uh, Gavin for the finish. And uh, Bagmala, as far as you know, how they look back on their season, I would say playoff, amazing success. Full, full uh, kudos to them on the upset and getting to the semis. That's a win for them already. Regular season-wise, though, um, not, a, not a strong regular season. Finishing just above Donna Paula and not by much. Um, they really need to focus on a game plan that doesn't revolve around Elton or Cam because you can tell when they're there and they're passing to each other, you know, things are working and they're distributing the ball. But if they're not there or if they can't pass to each other, it seems like a lot of times they're lost. You don't know what their strategy is. You don't know what their philosophy is. So they need to find some other people on their team that can help lead them and become uh, focuses of their attack and their defense. I think that's what I would recommend for them, more so their offense. I think defensively they, they do set up in an organized manner and they and people understand their roles but offensively you never really know exactly what their plan is and what they're trying to do um that would be my advice for them heading into next season how about you keegan yeah i think you hit the nail on the head because they got a couple players with uh some talent uh you know addies uh, addies are pretty good um and then i'm gonna mispronounce his name so i won't even try the guy who always scores a couple of Naga goals every year. Yes, uh, you know he's a good player. He he knows how to position position himself, and he's confident on the ball. If they can get the ball to him in in, in more advanced spaces, I think he can do some damage up top. Definitely. So uh, you know, congrats to Bogmala for making it to the semis. Congrats to Margo. You know, I've been riding Margo all season, saying this is you know they've lost their fear factor. This is the season they need to make a statement. They need to come back to the finals. And you know, credit to them, they did it. They're back in the finals. Granted, via you know, the easiest route you can ask for in the uh, playoffs, playing the number seven seed and the number six seed. But that being said, you know, we played the number six seed and we lost. So you still got to win the games. You still got to perform. And they made it to the finals. So credit to them. Now it's going to now the real test, I think, though, to see if they really got that fear factor back and their, that it factor back is if they actually win the finals. Um, but credit to them. They're back where they should be and where they want to be. And that's in the championship game. And let's see who's going to join them. We have... Our final semifinal between Lotalem and Aguada going in. Um, <clears throat> these are tough games to call because it's a very strange situation between these two clubs. On paper, if both teams had their full entire roster, you could argue that Aguada actually has more talent. However, you don't know if that full roster is going to show up. On Lotalem's side, they're extremely talented, but what they have going for them is system. They have a brilliant system in place, a brilliant way of playing. 
Um, so even if they're not as talented in some areas, because everyone buys into the system, everyone knows their roles, it ends up being flawless soccer, very good soccer to watch, um, the right way of playing, led by Ron uh, and yourself. So always great to watch. So I think coming in, it was kind of, you know, Lotlam are definitely favorites. They finished first. Aguada, you don't know who's going to show up. They're more inconsistent. But at the same time, Aguada, you know, they're, they're playoff Aguada. Maybe that should be their new name, playoff Aguada, because they show up differently in the playoffs. They have their roster. They have this, like, intensity where all of a sudden they're, like, dying to win, where in the regular season it just seems like they're kind of playing to play. And, yeah, some people want to win. Some people want to score. But most people just want to have, like, a good time. Whereas in the playoffs, they, they're really, like, intense. Um, so this was kind of the, the, the hype leading up to this game. And by far, this was going to be the most hyped up and anticipated game of the entire season and all of the playoffs. So I had my GSL insiders, you know, scope out this game, give me a little bit of recap. And Keegan, I'm going to tell you some of the points that I received, and then I want to correlate them with you and your experience in the game. And you tell me if uh, if this is what you're feeling as well. So basically, we had a rematch here of the past two championship finals. Um, last year, you know, defending champions, Lothlum versus the runners-up of Guada. And Aguada is trying to get revenge because they were looking to three-peat, but then you guys broke their streak uh, last year. Um, and they were really trying to dominate the middle with Casey, Cryf, Ian, um, and whereas Lotum was trying to counterattack with Ron, Keegan, Aaron, Nick Green. Uh, unfortunately, they said you did have an injury to Neil De Silva, a former MVP, so Nick Green had to play a little bit more of a defensive role. Um, I know that he's had to shuffle around his position many times for you guys, depending on who you have. And I was also informed that both goalkeepers made a number of tremendous saves uh, Aguada's goalkeeper making two saves in particular that were absolute robberies. They should have been guaranteed goals, but he managed to keep a clean sheet. Um, I was informed that Jaden George, the Lotalum goalie, also had a good game, but about 75 minutes in, uh, the reigning MVP and Golden Boot uh, holder, Stephen Fernandez, shot an absolute screamer from about 30 to 35 yards, uh, go blasting into the net, and Aguada went up one nothing. And through Casey's strong leadership and defense at the back, they managed to hold on and uh, win one nothing. So this is kind of what the insiders were reporting. I mean, this is the word on the street. Keegan, you were there. You played. What was your opinion on the game, and how do you feel uh, it went, and what exactly happened? Yeah, I'll get to the game in a second. Firstly, I want to disagree with your, well, it, at least in my opinion, I feel that our team overall has more talent than Aguada, even with all their players. In certain positions, they may have more talent. But overall, as a team, when you factor in depth, I think we definitely have more talent than them. Uh, that being said, the game, it was a really good game to play in, like, typical, you know, playoff game, very physical. Uh, you know, they, they, you cut the tension with the knife. Uh, you could tell, like, you know, the game was, it's going to be a close game, not too many goals. Uh, I think Oguara was really well organized. Uh, your insider hit the nail on the head. We, you know, Nick Green had a great game. He played amazing. But in a playoff game like this, we did miss Neil's toughness in, in midfield. I think he would definitely help us out. Uh, overall, defensively, we played really well. Uh, offensively, we weren't as sharp as we normally are, but we did create two great chances that we should have scored. And one of those chances, I you know I hit the crossbar too, uh, which I should have scored. So that would have definitely helped us out. Uh, but yeah, uh, Steven hit a great shot you know, from maybe 25, 30 yards out. Uh, and Jaden had a good game, but I think on another day, Jaden, you know, he saves that shot more often than he lets it in. Uh, but that happens sometimes, and, you know, we as a team need to have finished all our chances, and then, you know, we could have pulled this one out. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a shocking result. Um, 
I wouldn't sound the opposite alarm because it is a guada, but it is the type of result that when I heard about it, I mean, I was genuinely surprised. I, I for sure thought you guys would pull out the win and go back to the finals. Um, also, another funny story I wanted to get you to clarify. Um, the one GSL insider was reporting that in the last minute of the game, Andrew Fernandez of Aguada was on a breakaway and was taken out from behind. Um, but no penalty was given. No red card was given. Everyone was kind of confused as to what was going on, and then the game ended. Is this what you, you saw, or, or can you give a different perspective? What exactly happened here at the end of the game? Yeah, so the reason no penalty was given is because it was outside the box. The foul was outside the box. Uh, and from what we heard from the referees, apparently there was a rule change now where they don't give you an automatic red. It's a yellow card. Like I, I wasn't sure exactly what happened, but that's what I heard from the referee. The other thing I wanted to point out was uh, that I didn't mention earlier was Casey's leadership. Like he really kept them organized at the back, and that that made a huge difference. Like I feel uh, his impact was definitely felt, you know, in that game, and he really marshaled the team well from behind. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, Casey was a name that came up a lot um, in the group chats after this game. The uh, leadership, as far as Aguada is concerned, usually they revolve around three people really driving them forward, and that's. Uh, Casey, especially in the playoffs, he, he becomes really intense. He really, really wants to win. I think it's, it's his uh, competitive drive. We have their captain, Croydon DeMello, and then also Kreif. Kreif is very vocal. He likes to get in the game. He likes to, uh, you know, talk a little bit of trash. Not, not, not an obscene amount, but like a little bit of trash talking from him, which is always good to see. And then uh, also likes to rile up his players. So I think those are the three people that really they rely on as far as their leadership goes. Um, so the rule you're talking yeah. about, actually, I can clarify this because this is a rule change that happened a year or two ago uh, internationally, which is actually a very smart rule. And it's kind of called like the double jeopardy rule. So basically what they said is it was dumb because players were getting challenged in the box. They were getting a penalty and the other player was getting a red card. And it meant, you know, you'd probably lose a goal to the penalty shot and you'd be down a man. It was like too, too much punishment for something that could have just been inadvertent. So they changed the rule that if you give away you know, a goal-scoring opportunity, but you were genuinely attempting to play the ball, you actually get a yellow, and it's a penalty shot. If So for example, you know, striker is running in the box, defender comes across to try and slide tackle, misses the ball, hits the player, then yeah, it's a penalty shot, it's a yellow card, it's not a red card. Same goes for the goalie. The goalie dies up to try and get the ball, player taps it by him, gets hit by the goalie, goes down, it's a penalty shot, yellow card to the goalie, no red card. However, if it's in the same situation, you know, the striker is running through the box and I just grab him by the shoulder and just like pull him down, like no attempt to play the ball, just an obvious foul to stop the goal scoring opportunity, then it's still a red card. You can still give it depending on, you know, you have to judge what the defender's intent was or the goalie's intent. So the thing in, in the situation you're describing is that if it was outside the box, yes, it wouldn't be a penalty shot, but it actually should be a red card because the double jeopardy rule only applies if a penalty shot is awarded and not if it's a free kick outside the box. Yeah, I wasn't sure about the rule, and that I guess that was the referee's discussion. Like in the grand scheme of things, it didn't make a difference because once Crive uh, took the the free kick and and he missed it, like the referee blew the final whistle, so it didn't really have an impact. It's not like we got to play with with eleven men for like five or ten minutes after that. Yeah, exactly. So in the end, it was inconsequential. I think it would have been a bigger deal if if it actually mattered. The score was tied going to overtime, or you guys scored after that, or something like that. But kind of a funny ending to the game. Just some stats. I mean, I. I'm not trying to rub it in. I know this is probably going to be hard for you to hear some of these stats, but it's actually more of a compliment to you guys and your season that you had. Um, goal differential for this season. You led the league with a plus 42 
goal differential. I don't think I've ever seen a goal differential that high and that impressive. So kudos to you guys on that. Um, also interesting to see is if you look at the final table, it's positive 42 for you guys in first place, positive 36 for Margot in second place. That's also insanely high, but I think it's kind of buffed up by their games against Donna Paula. Um, and then it drops off a cliff. We were in third place with a negative two goal differential. That's right. We're in third place, but we have two more goals scored against than four. Like this is absolutely shameful for all the teams third to seventh. Unfortunately, Donna Paula in last place with a negative 36 goal differential. So kudos to you guys for a plus 42 because in order to pull that off, you not only need to be scoring outrageous amounts of goals, but you actually have to be defensively not conceding. So just wanted to give your team a shout out. Do you have an explanation for maybe why you had such a positive goal differential this year in particular? Yeah, I got to give kudos to our defense and goalkeeper, Jaden. Like, he had a great season. Our, like Josh and Titus, along with our wingbacks, you know, Ryan, uh, like all of them, like, they don't get enough credit for the work that they do because everyone, you know, when they hear Lutheran, they always think, oh, it's, it's just an offensive team. They score a ton of goals. But these guys at the back have really made it easy for us. They're able to guard people one-on-one. Uh, you know, they read the game really well. And it keeps us in the game longer. Like, a lot of the games that we played this this year, we're not, we were not up, you know, three, four goals early. Like, they were close games with, like, 20 minutes to go. And then we'd get a couple of goals at the end that would kind of inflate the score. Uh, but, yeah, kudos to our offense also. Because I think, uh, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's the highest number of goals. Because the previous record was, like, 45 or something. I think we topped that. Uh, and uh, so that's an achievement for us as well. Yeah, no, a remarkable achievement. Really, kudos to you guys. That's, that's awesome. Um, as I said, I like the way you guys play in the sense that you're very offensive-minded, position-minded. It's not like a boring style to watch. It's very entertaining. Um, so kudos on that. Some other insane stats to go over here. Um, Aguada has been in the final seven of the past ten championship games. Seven of ten, which is impressive on its own but it's even more impressive because i grew up most of the time in this league for at least the first half of my career thinking us and aguada were rivals we all knew each other we all used to trash talk each other and like both of us you know we were good but like we weren't that good we had no chance of you know making to the finals and winning over like para lotal and margau it's all like a pipe dream to both teams and it was always in the back of our minds like between aguada and Alton, like who could win a championship first and they've gone seven of the past 10 finals so huge credit to them it just goes to show how far they've come from being known as like the older generation team it really brought in a lot of young talented people that are going to be with them for years to come and the other amazing stat is once again about you guys so basically you guys have had you know runs of back-to-backs uh, undefeated seasons uh winning the championship last year so if you look at your past three years, you have played 42 games in total. Keegan, tell me, of those 42 games, how many games have you guys lost? Okay, so I know we haven't, we have, I know we haven't lost any in the last three years in the regular season. Uh, we've, we only lost in the, in the finals to Aguada uh, two years ago, and then we lost to them now. So two, if you're counting playoff, we've lost two games. That's it. That's dead on. This guy knows his stats. In three years, you have played 42 games and you've only lost twice. And both times were to a guad. Like, this is just 
this is the type of stuff that haven't hasn't really been seen. I mean, we always talk about Par is the dynasty. They're still the number one dynasty of all time. They still have the most championships of all time. You guys are trying to catch up to them. That's your kind of uh, inspiration and, and drive going forward, especially for Ron. But this is a type of uh, of dominance that we haven't seen for a while. I mean, Margot had uh, those two seasons in a row where they they still have the uh, the perfect season where they won literally every single game all the way to the finals and won the championship. That was amazing. It's kind of like the Arsenal, the Invincible season. Um, but just kudos. You had 40, 40 out of 42, but unfortunately, Aguada, for some reason, playoff Aguada, as we have to call them, seems to have your number sometimes. I mean, you guys beat them last year. Um, but that seems to be kind of a new arch nemesis of you guys going forward is going to be you versus Aguada, especially in the playoffs. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, it's definitely an interesting game. I mean, both the games that we lost, at least for me personally, I feel like it, it's because it was things that were in our control. It's not like they, you know, they played really well and they outplayed us. In both games, we missed chances and we made some mistakes that we probably should not have. And in a playoff games, you know, those tend to get amplified and that's, uh, and that can be the difference. So they really minimize their mistakes or and, and take the chances that they get, whereas, you know, we've missed a couple of chances that we probably should have uh, finished on and we, that we normally would score. Yeah, definitely. I don't think you've ever been like dominated or shut out of a game, uh, which is always good to see. You always want to stay competitive in these important games. Um, but definitely something for you guys to think about uh, during the off season. And uh, for Guada, I mean, credit to them. They're going back to the finals playing Margo. Let's do a little bit of a finals preview here. Um, I think these are two deserving teams heading to the finals. Um, I think that for Margot, this is this is a way to exert um, themselves in the sense that they really want to announce the league, hey, we're back. We are a top contending team. We can still win championships. Because remember, it wasn't too long ago where they were literally the cream of the crop in the league, destroying everyone, winning games, winning championships. Um, versus Aguada, who, you know, they just keep coming back to the finals. They keep proving the haters wrong. They keep showing up. And uh, before I make my prediction, I want to hear your prediction, Keegan. What do you think is going to happen in this game? Uh, yeah, first, kudos to uh, kudos to Aguada. Making it, you said 7 out of 10. That's amazing. Do you know how many they won out of those 7? So, 7 out of 10. So, they, they lost last year to you. They won. They were going for a 3 piece, so they won 2 before. I believe they've either won 4 of the 7 or f maybe even 5. Because I know they've lost 1 to you. They lost, uh, I believe, one of them to Margao. So they've either won. I think they've won five. I'm not 100 percent sure, though, to be honest. Yeah, that that's even four out of seven is still pretty impressive because to make it there seven or ten times is, it, it's not easy to make it to a final. Like semis is slightly easier, but you know, massive kudos to them. Uh, I think the game's going to be really close. I am um, assuming Aguada has their whole team. I will lean towards them just ever so slightly simply because I think they have a little bit more on offense. Like both teams are solid defensively. Like Bradley and, and Miles are going to be tough to break down at the back uh, at Margo. Uh, they just have Dwayne up top, you know, that's proven that can score uh, well along with Brendan. But I think Aguada's just got a little bit more, you know, creativity up top. So I'd have to give them the slight edge. Yeah, definitely. So that was actually going to be my prediction identically. I feel that Aguada has more talent and that in the end of the day, I think that I think it's going to be a really close game and I think the talent will come through. However, last year, Aguada really choked in the finals. They had a very poor performance from some key guys. Um, it was a very comfortable win for you guys last year. 
So uh, if that Aguada comes, then I think Marga is definitely going to win. But my overall gut feeling is that I think Aguada is just going to keep doing it. And I know for a fact Aguada loves to beat Marga. There's no team in the league that Aguada likes beating more than Marga. I've heard this from many former players, current players. They have a vendetta against them. They, they hate their fans. You know, we've had previous blow-ups at the finals between the two sets of fans. Aguada loves to play Marga and beat them. And I'm sure Marga wants revenge on Aguada. So... I think it's going to be a great final. I think it's going to be a very close final. But I do think Aguada is just going to edge out victorious. Maybe one nothing, or 2-1. I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, before we say goodbye, uh, we do have some other things we wanted to discuss today. The first thing is uh, we wanted to give some shout-outs to the uh, scoreboard. The uh, Golden Boot winners, the top scorers of the league. Um one thing I'm going to ask you, Keegan, right now is, you know, the top score is the Golden Boot is given for the regular season only. Should it not include the playoffs? Do you think it should or do you think it shouldn't include the playoffs? Uh, that's a good question. I'm, I'm actually okay with it either ways. It's just, it, it's the same thing with the MVP too, right? I, I feel like I'm okay with the top score being just for the regular season. What I'd like more is for the MVP to be... Uh, to factor in playoff performance as well, because that's when, you know, it's a bigger stage, tougher opponents, uh, you know, the games matter more. So that's what I'd like to see where, so that's right, that's where I'd like to see, you know, the playoff games included. Yeah, I think for me, I think I think they both should be, like, because the thing about, what's hard about the MVP is it's a regular season award. But I've always thought it's a regular season award and the playoffs kind of, you know, give it a little bit of flavor and kind of help you lean one way or the other. Uh, because I completely agree. The playoffs is the biggest stage. Like, if you could be the MVP of the regular season, but if you choke during the playoffs, like, what's the point of giving you the MVP award? Um, whereas the Golden Boot, it's very easy to make it last until the finals because it's just a number. So you just, you know, you can easily figure out who scored the most goals and just, it can, even if on the last day it changes, you know, you just give it to them that day. It's not something that needs votes or a committee, or people need to nominate. It's not like a complicated process. So I think as far as if there were, was an award we could stretch to the finals, it would be the Golden Boot Race rather than the MVP. Um, but that being said, we need to keep in mind that while, when we're going to have our discussion now, uh, the Golden Boot is for the regular season, and the MVP is technically for the regular season. So let's jump into it. First off with the Golden Boot, we had a tie this year uh, between Dwayne Lobo Perez of Margout and Craig Raj of Lotalim. Uh, this was a race that Dwayne was winning pretty much the entire season uh, until Craig got five goals in the last day of the season against Bugmalo um, to tie him. So uh, I'm sure Dwayne will feel kind of robbed of this award, but he'll have to share it for this season between the two of them. Uh, in third place, we had Gregory D'Souza, another very strong uh, scoring uh, uh, season for a Margot player with 12 goals. Uh, Steven Fernandez following up his golden boot season of 22 goals with eight. We kind of knew he was going to have a drop off, not only because last season was such like a remarkable season, but people are more aware of him. People were man marking him a lot more. Very difficult for him to keep scoring. And keep in mind, he is someone that did have two goals in the quarters and the winning goal in the semis. So that's what I mean by like someone really stepping up in the playoffs and really turning on. Those are when the real MVPs shine. Um, we have Jeremy Pinto from Colva with six goals. Uh, we have a tie uh, between Aaron Atwal and myself, Wendell Mascarenas, uh, with five goals apiece. And then uh, we have a tie, uh, Ke yourself, Keegan, uh, Kyle, with uh, and Richard from Alden with four. I'm sure there's other players with four. I'm not sure how they pick uh, which ones they, they, they list up there. 
but Keegan, what are the chances? We're, we, we're both made it into the top 10. Who cares about what the algorithm is for, you know, number of goals? <laughs> I have five, you have four. Top 10, we're on the website. Uh, put that on the resume. Put that on the CV. And uh, how do you feel? Your co-host beat you. I got five goals. You got uh, you got four. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, good for you. I missed a couple of chances. Plus, there were a couple of games when, you know, we, we on our team, we have a lot of people sacrifice roles to play different positions. So that impacts our overall numbers sometimes. And, and Craig, you know, congrats to him. Uh, Dwayne was consistent all year. So he, he definitely deserves it. Uh, Craig got really hard, like, the last five games. I think he had, like, five ga- five goals in the, the previous seven, and he really got hard towards the end. So congrats to the both of them. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I know you said you missed some chances, but come on, man. I miss games. I fly from Montreal. I play half the season. you got to have a better excuse than that. All right, Randall. We'll, we'll, we'll make a bet for next year. Then. Let's see <laughs> I like it. I like it. We'll have a friendly competition for next year. Um, so that rounds out our uh, top scores. Of the, uh, of the regular season. So congrats to everyone that made the list. Uh, next, we wanted to have a quick discussion between us, you know, hypothetical, who do we think uh, are nominees going uh, for MVP uh, of, the, of the whole uh, league, the senior MVP. Now, keep in mind, we're aware that there's a junior MVP. I've said this before. The junior MVP is a joke of an award. We need to get rid of it. It makes absolutely no sense. If you look at the people that were nominated for this year, most of the players you don't know and even if you know them, they're not impact players. They're very young players. There's a couple players that are good and talented. But if you're going to do that, it's going to be the same few people each year. It's, they're really only basing this on age. I think it makes absolutely no sense. It's an archaic award that they need to get rid of. And they need to change it. Not, not like destroy the trophy, but change it, in my mind, to breakout player. Like the guy that maybe you know or you don't know, but like came out of nowhere and had an amazing season. This is what I think the award should be changed to. Keegan, what are your thoughts? Do you think we should keep the junior MVP? Do you think we should change it? Do you think we should get rid of it? What, what should we do? No, I think it's good to, to have it, uh, you know, to recognize young players because they obviously can't play at the level that, you know, seasoned veterans can. But I also see your point because you're right. When you see the names, like, you don't know most of the people on that list. So mind, maybe if they were just... When we say you don't know the most of the people on the list, we are the co-hosts of a podcast based on the league. <laughs> If anyone's going to know them, it's going to be you and me. Yeah, so unless they do something where they send something out, you know, mid-season where you can kind of keep an eye for some people when you're playing them or, you know, so that way there's more awareness of who these people are because for the most part, it's it's hard to recognize them because they don't really stand out when you look at stats and when people talk about the games because, you know, it's usually the same people that are always scoring and dominating games. Yeah, so I know that I think this was brought up at a preview previous meeting maybe scrapping it or changing it and it was like completely shot down the idea was like oh this is offensive this is like one of the historical trophies blah blah blah. but like come on we can't just sit on these historical trophies like if you don't adapt you don't evolve you know you're just gonna have this ridiculous award that's handed out the finals every year and most of the time the player isn't even there or aware that they won um so i'm still a huge proponent of getting rid of this junior mvp and switching it to breakout season breakout player most improved player anything just something different something fresh give give someone else a chance uh i think i still think breakthrough player uh, would be the best but uh switching focus now senior mvp um let's let's do it this way let's just throw out a nominee first off uh and then we'll go from there we'll have a little bit of debate about what we think so i'll give it to you give me a nominee for who you think could be the mvp of the of the season uh you want just one yeah give me one for now uh Dwayne. And 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 what would be your reason for why you would vote for Dwayne? 
Uh, I mean, he's had a really consistent season. He's been scoring goals for them, you know, pretty much. I think he scored it in most of their games. You know, he's he's leading them. Uh, he's leading their attack, and I'm pretty sure he's he's a leader on the squad in general. Uh, and just he, he's been dominant. Like the way he plays, he scores some tough goals for them, and you know, give them critical leads. Uh, and he's he's a big part of that team's success. Okay, great. I completely agree. He was definitely on my list. I think he's going to be a favorite going to the finals to win the MVP. Um, and I think if he has a strong finals um, and Margot win, I think everyone will understand that he was definitely a deserved winner and they'll kind of recognize it. Uh, but keep in mind, this is a regular season award and he had such a strong regular season. They finished second. He was uh, tied for Golden Boot. I'm going to throw out another nominee, his uh, co-Golden Boot winner, Craig Raj. Um, and the reason why someone would vote for Craig would be We've already talked about his goals. Very productive in front of the net. 18 goals this season, but he's been a consistent scorer in other years. Um, I would compare him to Riyad Mahrez from formerly Leicester and now with Manchester City in the sense that he's a winger. He's quick on the ball. He's very tricky with his feet. He like has really good control on the ball. And if, if you are new to marking him and you kind of follow the ball or his feet, you're gonna like get dizzy and probably pass out and fall down in front of him. He's so quick with his feet. You really have to learn how to jockey and man mark. But even then, he's quick, he's fast, he's a very difficult player to mark. Um, so that's why I would throw out uh, him as a nominee. Um, I think what's working against him is actually being on Lotham. There's so many talented players that you can point to a lot of people for Lotham success. It's tough to narrow it down to one person. And when, when I think of MVP and a lot of people think of MVP, they think of that guy's amazing. And without him, his team would be nowhere. That's why he's the most valuable player. So when you look at someone like Dwayne that you mentioned, Margot without Dwayne, they're going nowhere this season. It's just a reality in my mind. I, I think they don't have his goals. They wouldn't have his control. I don't think they'd be second place. I don't know if they'd be in the finals. Like I, I feel like they really needed him, and that's why he was valuable. Uh, what are your thoughts, Keegan? Uh, no, I definitely agree with you about Craig. Uh, I will say, like knowing Craig for a long time, he'd be quite insulted if you compared him to Riyad Mahrez. He probably considers himself more like a hazard or like you know closer to Ronaldo at that level. No, settle. Uh, okay. Let's all settle down. <laughs> Ronaldo and Messi are like let's all let's all settle down. Uh, no, he can but have I, hazard if he wants, he can have hazard. Sure. Yeah. No. I, like his his dribbling is is unbelievable. Like his he's got lightning quick pace. You know his his footwork is really quick, and if he just learns to use his teammates better, because like you said, he's got a, like we've got a lot of good players in our team. He can easily forget eighteen. He can score twenty-five goals in, in our league if he if he has a good season, uh, and he, he's scoring from the start. Yeah. So in my mind, I think Craig would be like an up-and-coming star. Like I mean, he's already like a well-known player in the league, but he's young and he's getting better each year. So for me, he's still on the way to his peak. Like he's you know peaking now slash on the way to his peak. Still has some areas he can improve on. Um, I think Dwayne is at his peak. I don't think he's going to get better than what he is now. I think he can only, you know, go down in the future from here realistically. Um, so between the two, I would still give the edge to Dwayne. Did you have anyone else you were thinking of nominating? Uh, this season, no. Those are the two that really stood out for me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, to be fair, we always have to look at the teams that are successful in the playoffs as well, um, as well as the regular season. I think we in the regular season, we had Lothlum 1, Marga 2. We have good representation from both those teams. I don't think there's anyone else I would consider. Um from Aguada, considering they are a playoff Aguada, they made it to the finals. Uh, once again, there's not one 
player in particular I would point to having an MVP-like season. I think Steven has stepped up in the playoffs uh, to score some crucial goals to bring them back to the finals. However, from a regular season point of view, since it's a regular season award, definitely had a drop-up from last year. Hasn't been as consistent as a team. Aguada hasn't been as consistent. They finished fourth, um, so it's not like they had a strong regular season. Um, so I'm, I'm happy keeping it at those two. I think those are the two front runners um, going into the finals. Um, and I think, uh, I think, I mean, we don't know. We've been surprised before, but I feel like the MVP uh, will most likely be one of those two. What are your thoughts? I think so too. Uh, like you said, since it's a regular season award, you know, they had the most impact on their teams. Uh, it should be one of those two. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that concludes our MVP discussion. Good luck to everyone that was nominated. You know, all the teams, they, they have improved the system. I gave them credit last uh, year on the podcast for this, but I'll, I'll reiterate it. Um, the MVP voting is still kind of, you know, sketchy and not really like the most smooth process, but it's much better than last year's because now the teams formally nominate people from their own team. They, they have to give like a paragraph explaining why they're nominating them. They include pictures. So when you see the nominees, you actually like see the picture like, oh yeah, that guy, like I recognize him. He's really good. He plays this, blah, blah, blah. Whereas before it was just a name and you weren't really sure you could confuse them with other people. So the nomination process has definitely improved. Kudos uh, to the league on that. Uh, and it'll be interesting. We'll see at the finals who will win the MVP. Uh, Steven will be there to hand the trophy uh, to whoever wins because no offense, Steven, I don't think you'll be handing it to yourself. Um, and uh, we'll go from there. Very exciting finals. Uh, we both made our predictions. Both of us are thinking of Guada, so it's going to be up to Margaret to prove us wrong. Uh, Keegan, there's only one episode left in the history of the GSL podcast. Uh, what do you want to tell the listeners leading up to the finals and leading up to our final episode? Uh, just keep spamming Wendell to come back next year. <laughs> uh, I admire, I admire you for trying. We'll see what the spam messages come in, but I don't think it's, uh, don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> so uh, definitely tune in to our finals recap. It's going to be a good one, and uh, we'll make sure to give you all the details of what went down. And best of luck to both teams. That's it for this week, and we'll be back next week. Uh, one, actually, what last thing I'll mention is we haven't even talked about it. But when the finals are, people are probably wondering. You keep talking about the finals. When are they? They're actually this Saturday. It's Saturday, not Sunday. Uh, Saturday, September 29th, in a few days. It's at 6 p.m. Centennial Park in Etobicoke. And it's in the stadium, which is by far the best venue for the finals. Um, you have uh, seating for all the fans, uh, the bleachers. You have a perfect field for the teams. Very great setup. If you haven't been there, I highly, highly recommend it. Great atmosphere for the finals. So, Hope to see you there, uh, and if not, tune in next week for the GSL Podcast for a brand new final episode. 